All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. As always, today's sponsor is Authors Unite. And if you want to become a successful author, Authors Unite is the place to go. So head on over to AuthorsUnite.com to check out a free case study that will teach you how to do exactly that. And now, let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Authors Unite show. We got Tyo Roxon with us. So welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. I think this is what the second time I'm on. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's great to have you on again, man. So just to kick us off, just hit us uh, with a little bit more about you and, and what you got going on. Sure. So I describe myself as a cultural translator and a brand strategist for change makers. As a cultural translator, I work with institutions and uh, individuals to help them effectively connect across cultures. Uh, this is an extension of my diversity and inclusion firm. And all this comes from the fact that I grew up in five countries and four continents by the time I was 18. And I also spent some time living under two military dictatorships. Uh, as, as far as being a brand strategist, I usually help people that are passionate about making an impact in the, work, in the world, rather, uh, come up with a effective messaging and use that to turn that into a brand strategy for their brands and their likes. So. God. So when did you, so it completely makes sense, right? With like your, your history as to why you do what you do. Uh, but when did you like actually discover that you were going to like help corporations with like cross cultural situations or what, you know what I mean? Cause that's pretty, yeah. it's just, it's, really well thought out but it's like what yeah when did you like come up with that that type of service well that, that's a great question because for me you know back in 2014 my, my podcast is about to be five years old i just moved to new york city the year before and i was getting my mba and you know it was off of me coming up this near-death experience and i really just was trying to follow all my curiosities and i know that you know my heroes the late nelson Mandela and oprah winfrey were effective at telling stories of, of, you know, bigger picture things and making sure people felt like uh, they were safe enough to be themselves. So I figured that launching a podcast where I expressed my identity as someone who was a minority everywhere I went, but found that uh, identity crisis that I initially had to be uh, a superpower, I, I figured that if I launched a podcast exploring that theme and bringing on people who grew up the same way I did would, would resonate with the audience. And luckily it did. Uh, and as it did, I started to become a voice within the cross-cultural field. And one, I believe someone in the World Bank heard one of my episodes that heard of me and what I was doing, and they invited me to come speak at the World Bank uh, to fellow diplomatic kids. And that experience really allowed me to understand that there was a bigger opportunity and that there was a need for, for what I was trying to do. So I began to intentionally seek out organizations that would need services that I offer. And it started with me understanding what exactly the problem is. And based on my research, I understood that companies don't know how to effectively hire for diversity and or retain people from different backgrounds. And so I just, you know, I started creating trainings and offerings around that and reaching out to them. Got it. Okay. And then, so you also landed a, I don't, it could be a few, but at least one TEDx talk I saw. Um, so <laughs> I know a lot of, a lot of my audience is authors, so like they they'd love to get on the TEDx stage. So, yeah. was there yeah. any like 
certain way you went about that or did it, was it just like you were doing great work and it you know, kind of happened? Well, so luckily at this point, I've been fortunate to have done four and the first two, oh, wow. I, yeah, no, it's, it's all, I, I can't, I can't, I mean, it's all, you know, I'm grateful for, for the universe, but it's the first two I proactively reached out to and the last two I was invited to. And the interesting thing that happened with that is, and I always tell people who are thinking of building their brands is you, you when you become intimate with the problem you want to solve and you connect that to a global issue, you have to stay consistent. Because for me, prior to 2016, I had been applying to TEDx and they had all always been saying, no, I wasn't quite ready. You know, the stuff you're talking about isn't, we don't feel like it's that important yet. And then um, I think it got up to 18 TEDx talks and, you know, I either got no responses or, or no. And after the 2016 elections, which, really yielded a lot of divisions and interesting thing that began to happen. People began to search for topics surrounding things that I, that I, I cover, you know, how can we have the political discourse at work? How can we connect across cultures? How can I raise my kids in this way? How can we deal with nuance? And uh, I was like, well, if there's any time to talk about this, I'm going to reach out to TEDx talk. So what I did was I looked at, I went to the TEDx website. If you go to TEDx events, if you type that in on Google, there's a, there's a link that uh, shows all the TEDx events in, in, in the world, and you can filter it out by calendar. And I started with uh, the ones three to six months out in my area. And I just did a lot of research to figure out who the organizers were. And I just created this pitch where I said, this is who I am. This is what I do. Uh, this is what I've done. Um, I talk about this. Here's an example of something that I do. I would love to talk about this topic. And I did that for a few organizations. Uh, and, you know, initially I didn't get a response, but then I followed up. And when I followed up, I got two people within two days of each other say, hey, I'm so sorry. I lost it. I, this message was lost in the inbox, but we want to we want to invite you to come speak. Um, and, you know, your topic really resonates with our theme and stuff like that. And I was now in this predicament of having two people reach out to me and I couldn't obviously do the same topic. And so I, I had to, you know, uh, change the topic of, of that. Uh, but yeah, those two did well, uh, especially specifically one, one called the art of diplomacy, which I think has uh, 30,000 views or so. Um, it did well. Yeah. And yeah. And then people started to word them out when, and someone said, Hey, I heard, I heard your talk. Can you come do mine? <laughs> and uh, that was how the four came about. Dude, I love that story, man, because that, you know, I think, again, it's it's not really, it's not like luck or anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like you went, you went for it, and you reached out, and then you got it, you know, and then you did really well, and then now, you know, you've done four, so. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. So, yeah. I know you've got a, a book coming out, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm the book guy, if you will, so I'm, I'm curious, tell me more about the book, like, what are people going to learn from it? So the book is a framework for people who really want to know how to effectively connect across cultures. If you've ever thought about the fact that we live in this diverse world and we live in, in this area where we have people that are different from us and you're kind of tiptoeing around what to say, what's the right thing to do, or how to even raise your family or brothers or sisters around these, um, uh, the nuance of our world, uh, that the book has language for that. If you're an organization or you're someone in the HR or someone that's an executive and you're thinking about creating a company culture that's effective and makes people feel safe enough to be themselves, the book is for that. And 
all same thing for education institutions who are wondering how to create more inclusive curriculums as well as parents. And it was really a response, you know, this is an expansion of one of my signature talks where I, I was given a speech uh, to a large audience one time and I, I, it really dawned on me based on the questions that I was getting that I could turn this even to something more. And I started the writing process because I've always been a writer. I've been a writer since I was 15 and I just made it super intentional that I would uh, seek out uh, to finish your book, uh, uh, you know, in 2019. And so I started, I really started to flesh it out. And then once I, once I um, got uh, picked up by Wiley, I, I, was, I was super excited about uh, them releasing it within the same year. Cause you know, at that point when you, yeah, when you pick up a, when a publisher picks you up, you just don't know when your release date is, but they said, you know, September 4th. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's how it came about. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And like, so, you know, obviously that's the whole kind of summary of it. Like, what are we looking at as far as like length and is there any like some specific things you want to share about like some of the teachings in there? Yeah. So I say it's about 240 pages and I say um, the best way to do this is to educate, don't perpetuate, instead communicate. So I'll explain. Educate is two pronged. Educate involves education of self and education of environment. So in order to be self-aware, you need to understand your biases, your values, and your triggers. Everybody has a bias. Everybody has a certain way we think. It's a protective mechanism. It's how we understand what's safe or what what's we deem as protective for us. But sometimes those biases can be very limited in terms of how we see the world. And so I go through several ways that one can recognize our biases and how we can expand beyond that. You know, by intentionally being the minority everywhere we go. I think that's a good exercise for that. And then I, I go into uh, how living out your values is so important because when companies and individuals get into trouble, it's because they don't live out their values. If you, if you really talk to anyone, whether they're in jail or where the company gets into a scandal, you know, it's never, they got in trouble. The reason they got in trouble is not because of them following what was on their mission statement. It's because they strayed away from that, you know? And, and so it's very important to actually intentionally live that out. And then the triggers, everybody has triggers at some point. There are those people that annoy you. There are those movies that trigger something in you or events that happen. How, how are aware of you of those things and how are you understanding how to manage those things? So that's the education of self part. Education of environment really involves being more observant around you and really knowing how to deduce, how to understand how the same set of laws can affect different sets of people. The don't perpetuate really goes into making sure that you don't stray into this place where you start to spread false news or you perpetuate certain stereotypes based on limited information. You know, we have a lot of uh, people making decisions based on, on very limited information about certain demographics. And so sometimes, you know, people would make insensitive jokes that people deem to be reality. And that can have a whole adverse effect on how we see a whole group of people. And so I go through different ways people can be more aware of that and make sure that they don't let that filter into a systematic way. And then the last part is to don't, uh, it's instead communicate. And it's really about communicating with people that have different values from from you. You know, you, you could be a Christian and you could be talking to a Muslim. Uh, you could talk to a Brazilian as an American. How can you understand and how to have that dialogue? And, and uh, my steps are, you know, I dive into ways to open dialogue and, and, and really build on different, uh, different uh, thoughts because I feel like sometimes we have this, this um, uh, either or mentality instead of both and mentality. So uh, that's a brief synopsis <laughs> of it. Nice. All right. Yeah. Um, very cool, man. Well, well, listen, um, obviously dude, we could go, we could do like a four hour podcast. <laughs> uh, so I, um, so the book's September 4th. Um, 
September 4th, and it'll be available, you know, I'm assuming like pretty much everywhere, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all the bookstores. Correct. Correct. Yes. Cool. Um, awesome. So, so yeah, everybody listening, I'm going to definitely grab a copy. Um, I might even try to get a signed copy out of you, Tyler. So we'll see if we can work that hey, out. Where are you based now? <laughs> I live in Miami. I'm up in Philadelphia for the summer though. Ah, gotcha. Cause I'm doing a book tour. So, you know, you know, I could be, one okay. of yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, man, I do. I appreciate you coming on. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. So, um, obviously, they'll check out the uh, bookstore September 4th, but then where else can they do your personal website or anything? Yes. The personal website is tyroxin.com. And don't you don't have to wait till the release day. Pre orders help. They all count towards first week sales. So, if, if you if you want to pre order, that would be great. Uh, but tyroxin.com is my digital home. And if you want to reach out to me on social media, I'm at tyroxin everywhere Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Awesome, brother. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me.